3: You hurt me too, T, when you tried to boycott Magic City.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I do. Oh, I was getting on everybody's nerves. Back there. <laughs> you hurt me a lot. At the end, close of that. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice,
2: hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price want slice got to why all my life i've
3: been grinding all my life hello welcome to another edition of club shay shay i am your host shannon sharp i'm also the proprietor of club shay shay and the guy that's stopping by for conversation on the drink today is one of the most recognized stars on the planet he's a world famous actor multi-talented tv host sitcom star comedian talented artist best-selling author children books illustrator advertising pitch pitch man human rights activist a uh hollywood a-lister one of the fittest celebrities on the planet three times People's sexiest man of the year his acting career spanned four decades awarded a star in the hollywood walk of fame a caring husband i think your grandfather too you know, that's right? it <laughs> Yes. <laughs> proud father greater flint african-american sports hall of fame inductee nfl alum good friend of mine Terry Crews, T. Crew, what's oh, up, man? Oh, man. It's been good, man. It's been a long time. It's been a very long time. Cause I remember I used to bump into you all the time, especially at, uh, events at the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I hadn't seen you in a long time. And you said, you know, a lot of things, you know, you had the, uh, uh, COVID yeah. and, you know, the family, you know, got, got grandkids now. So it's just not as, yeah, it's man. just not as, not as portable as it used to be. Yes. Yes.
4: But how you been, man? I've been great, man. I've been really, really good. I'm just thankful, bro. Right. Uh, just thankful to still be here. Right. That's the right. big thing. Um, let's 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 get back to you know.
3: You did play in the National Football League, but I'm gonna go back to you to you uh your your high school and growing up. You grew up in Flint. Yeah. Um, when you were small, what did you want? Was football on the list? Did you want to be a professional football player? What did you want to be growing up in Flint?
4: You know, uh, coming up in Flint, I always knew. I wanted to be an entertainer. Okay. Um, because I came from the art thing. I, I was an oh, artist painting. Drawing, oh, oh really? Okay. Uh, sketching. Uh, I, I, my first scholarship wasn't in football. I had a scholarship to Western Michigan University as an artist. Okay. And then I walked on to the right. football team. Right. Uh, had football, that bug. Huh? Yeah, yeah, uh, listen, <laughs> well, the, this is, this is the thing about football. Um, and it, what was kind of crazy with me is that, Football was a way out of Flint, Michigan. Okay. I, I, I followed all the greats. There were, there was Andre Ryzen. Yep. There was Carl Banks. Yep. Uh, there were the people, even just any kind of athletic. I mean, Glenn Rice went to Flint. I used to watch Glenn play with Northwestern, uh, before he went on to Michigan and went on to the Lakers and became a superstar. So I knew athletics was going to be my way out. Right. Uh, because no one was going to pay me to paint. <laughs> you know what i mean yes, like yes. i was airbrushing t-shirts and right. doing all this stuff you get five hundred dollars maybe you know what i'm saying uh but with it was sports i knew i said this is gonna be my my way out i had friends that were on ready for the world it was either music or sports i couldn't sing right not do anything uh and i said well this is gonna be my thing but the big big thing about it is that for me football was always a means but it was never the end right um, which is wild because it took me years to figure out. I never really liked football. <laughs> wow, you just have to see. be good at. You were good enough at it to get a, you know, to walk on. Did you earn a scholarship? Yeah, I earned Did a scholarship. You know, scholarship. I, right. I walked on, earned a scholarship, got drafted right. in the eleventh round. Right. Uh, to the Los Angeles Rams in 1991, mm-hmm. then got cut later on and then went to the Packers, the Chargers, the Redskins, Eagles, hopped all around because, it, again, it was my way to, to... It was the only way I saw to make some money. Right. But the big, big deal was is that... And this is another thing, man. We played at the same time. We did. You were you. You became superstar pro bowler, the whole thing. I always thought, well... You know, maybe it wasn't for me. But the real thing was, is I, I realized, is that because of this deep down belief that I really, I didn't really like football that much. I wasn't really. You liked it, you it. I wasn't love studying it. it. You see what I mean? Like yes. There was a thing where you had to go to a whole nother level mm-hmm. to be at your level. Yes. And. It was other things I wanted to right. do. There was just so many other interests. Like, it I'd be in practice and my mind be going off on what I was going to be doing afterward and right. what I was going to do before and what I, 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 and I have to say this because it's funny. My wife, she, she was, my wife was there the whole time and we've been married 34 years. Okay. Congrats. And she said, you know, baby, maybe you wasn't that good. <laughs> and I said, you're probably right because but the thing is while you're doing it you're right. thinking I'm doing everything I'm supposed to right. do right. I'm but I realized when I look back I didn't study my plays enough I didn't do the little little things because I had I had my interest my minds were always in, a, in, a, in another place
3: had you given football what you have given your entertainment career
4: do you think you would have been better at it absolutely absolutely but this it was too little too late right you know, once you start tooling around, also how I came in, I came in on the, uh, in the 11th round. Right. So it was, it was 12th the, rounds back then. Yeah, like the like, it, it, it was, was 12 oh, rounds no, back people then. People looking now, they're like, 11 rounds? No, uh, no, that's way back. Uh, you know, which is basically a glorified free agent. Mm-hmm. But I had some people who believed in I me. Mean, I was a hustler. And right. that's another thing too. The, the, I couldn't catch. I couldn't throw. My ability was the ability to take tremendous amounts of pain. Right. I was a special teamer. I was that guy that would blow up the wedge. (laughs) They didn't even have a wedge anymore. Okay. But I was a guy that that would, they was like, he's giving it up every time. And that would make me stick on a team. Right. But then when he came down to play and doing things... To be in a linebacker and hold a specific, a specific I had to, position. I had to be. And this is the thing. It took years for me to realize that and to come to grips with that. Mm-hmm. Because you always like, I know I was good enough. Right. I, uh, uh, because of my, your own pride. Right, right. But then when you look back and you're like, man, there were people that was just yeah. better. They just they were willing to do more. But then once I got in entertainment, I realized that's the key. That's what it was meant to be. That's the <laughs> secret.
3: How supportive uh, was your family when you were growing up? Did they know you wanted to be in the entertainment? Because Flint is a very blue-collar, hardworking. Normally, yeah. you go to the factories, and that's what you do. You graduate high school, you go to the factories, or you go to the military, yep. and that's it. So how supportive was your mom and dad, your family members, with you like, man, I'm going to be an entertainer. I'm going to be in Hollywood. I'm going to do this.
4: Did they look at you like, man, you out your mind? Yes. First of all, you got to understand, I, I feel like uh I got to go to the, the the biblical story of Joseph. Okay. You know, when he told his brothers, yeah, you look, hey, one day y'all all going to bow down to me. And they right. was like, oh, really? And they sold it. <laughs> right. Um, I used to tell people what my dreams were right. all the time. I was like, I want to be on TV. I want to do movies. I want to make movies. I want to draw. I want to do this. And they were looking at me like I was from another planet. They're like, hey, man, you in Flint. Right, where What are you talking about? It, it, you are so far removed from all that stuff. And it kind of got me in trouble a lot. My mouth got me in trouble, uh, uh, you know, back then and now. <laughs> uh, but I also realized it was one of the things where, you know, I had big, big dreams. And what was a big, big thing for me is my dad, you know, my father was an alcoholic. But also... He was one of those guys that came up from Georgia, a little small town, Edison, Georgia, mm-hmm. worked his way up, got a factory, and and created a life for us. But at the same time, he was a little jealous. Uh I mean, he looked at y'all didn't work as hard as I did. Y'all didn't do the things that I did to get where I'm from. Right. Y'all really experienced oh. life. It was one of them things. Okay. And so he was always kind of, he never liked sports. My father hated sports. Okay. He would always want me to go to the Army. My mother was super religious, which at the time, you know, going to church, I wasn't allowed to go to movies. I wasn't allowed to play sports. I wasn't allowed to dance. I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music. Everything I do today, I was not allowed to do when I was a young man. And so I didn't get to play sports till later, like ninth grade, 10th grade, when they kind of, when I cajoled them and and they kind of got, my mom got out of the religious stuff a little bit, but. It was, it was really, really strict, man. And, um, and when I would start talking about that stuff, they were like, we can't even go to the movies. But you're talking about being in entertainment. Right. It was hard, man. Right. It was real. I felt like a black sheep. I felt like a guy that was always kind of eyes in the clouds. I'm left-handed. Everybody else was right-handed. <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing. Everybody's like outside playing. They're like, well, hey, man, right.
3: what is going on? Do you think because normally the way kids are with parents the more kid my parents don't want a kid to do something the more you drive that kid towards that yeah. and because they didn't want you to play sports and they didn't want you to they, they couldn't see your vision of being an artist and being in hollywood
4: yeah. did that drive the passion to make you want to get to it even more absolutely absolutely i mean i you know it's 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 kind of wild because i even i even have problems you know there's family members and different things a lot of guys counted me out even back then um and now they're like oh okay you did your thing and whatever but it's 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 one of things where you never forget that right you know what i mean and you always felt i always felt like i had something to prove Mm -hmm. and that was that was a part of the reason i got into football Mm -hmm. but then also once i got in entertainment i knew there was no way back like You gotta understand, when I moved out to, I I retired from the NFL Mm -hmm. and moved to LA with my wife, we didn't know anybody. We had to start from scratch. And I had my little severance package from the NFL. Wasn't a lot of money. I did very make little a lot back then. Very little. It's still very little right now. So don't, don't bad. feel bad. It's not like it's, a, it's not like it's, it's <laughs> not like it's millions right no, now. Trust no, me. Oh, no. damn it. Uh, I thought these guys getting paid now. No, I guess not. But, you know, I was a journeyman. Right. So we, I had to start from scratch, man. My first job in LA was sweeping floors. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where I thought, you know, and then everybody had counted me out by then. I mm-hmm. mean, even there was family members that were like, "He had a chance. He blew it." Right. You know, that was the that was the consensus, and it was like, "Well, yeah." To see, I told you this NFL thing.
3: Did you have about. people to say, "You know what, man, bro, you in the NFL, and
4: you gave that up to come do this?" Yep. Yep. First of all, <laughs> they were they were looking at like, "Why you keep getting cut?" <laughs> that was the other thing. Yeah. And it was like, it, obviously, it's not working out. And it was just, it, you know, it's one thing where you, you got a lot of people, family, friends, or so-called friends, uh, waiting for you to fail. Right. And that's a big drive. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I love when you count me out. <laughs> you know, right. it was like one of them things where I got to show everyone, everyone. My wife, I, one thing, my wife has always, always been by my side. And there was one time when even when she came to me and she was like, Terry, look, she said, we hurt. She said, we ain't got no money. We're starving. We got these two kids at the time. She was pregnant with my third and we have five total. Yeah. And so she was like, what what are we going to do if we're struggling like this? And it's not working. Then when are we going to go back? Are we going to go back? I said, we are never leaving. I don't care if it happens when we're 99 years old. We are never leaving L.A. I promise you this. I said, if we just continue to do this. Because this is where I had kind of learned the mistakes I had made in football. Okay. And I didn't have another chance Mm -hmm. on football. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like, man, if I had just studied a little bit more, if I had worked a little bit harder, if I had really, really done what i should have been doing because that's the thing you tell yourself you've been doing right. what you should be doing but, deep down you but then you want eat it. the cake yeah and you hang out right and you do that and you stay up too late and you don't go to bed you do it and you, you and you totally mess your stuff up you show up late for the for the job interview and then be like they didn't want me they, they, they hated me it's like no no you showed up late bro <laughs> and i i totally had to be honest with myself man start marking off things that i wasn't doing and i said okay I, what I'm gonna have to do, and this is the way I, I framed everything, even when I was here in L.A., I said, "Imagine what if so, I'm sweeping this floor, man? Now, you gotta understand? I'm I'm almost in tears while I'm sweeping this floor because I'm going." Dude, my life may never, ever get back to where I saw Because once you're in the NFL, you at least see it. You yes. see the yes. money. You see the stuff. You're like, man, I'm there. I can touch it. You see and then the big Nice cars. And the jewelry. Oh, you see the cars pulling out the lot. You see the jewelry. You see the people living the life and, and the press. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you, but it's gone. And it's right. gone. Right. And I said, man, look. Okay. I said, imagine if someone was going to give me a million dollars to sweep this floor. How would you sweep it? And this is these are this little bitty mindsets that, and I remember I was like, okay, okay, uh, I have to imagine I'm going to get a million dollars if I sweep this floor correct, because that was the, I had to play these kind of games with my right. head mm-hmm. in order to get over the depression. Right. And I remember sweeping and sweeping and sweeping, and all of a sudden I forgot about my problems. I forgot about it. I, I, in fact, I was doing something about my situation. And I decided to do that about every menial job that I ever had. I, I was filing papers in the, in the, uh, that fell over in the vet, veterans, uh, veterans administration, all the papers that f- fell over in the Northridge earthquake. I'm filing papers. I'm doing this. Then I started doing security for movie sets. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like, you know, bodyguard. It was literally I'm I'm standing outside on the parking lot watching with a flashlight, watching it. But I, but what I said is, what if someone gave me a million dollars to watch this parking lot? I get make sure I have my batteries and my flashlight. I iron my clothes. I, it was a mindset that I said I'm going to reverse that bad attitude I had in the mm-hmm. league that, that that didn't get me where I wanted. I said now every job I have to treat like that. And what's so crazy is that. I started to do everything like that. Right. Like every little, it, it, it created a habit in me that kept me going. And all, so it didn't really matter what people said. I felt like I was getting this imaginary reward. Right. If I just did a great job, right. I, I literally, if I just please God, that's all I had to do.
3: How? But you mentioned depressed depression. Yeah. yeah. Because here you are, you had spent five, six years in the NFL and now you're sweeping a floor yep. in a warehouse or a factory and you're filing papers. So how did that mess with you mentally to know that you had a chance and you saw everything? All your dreams could have been solved, even though it wasn't the path that you are re- that you really wanted to be on. But a lot of your things could have been solved had you just did
4: that. Yeah. I, well, it was one of them things where my wife literally because the depression is real. hmm. When you quit football, it's almost like the military. You're trying to figure out what else, what am I now? What, how am I going to continue this? Now, and I have to say this too. And uh, so many ball players never figured it out, Shannon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 55. I can count almost 30 people that are dead from the NFL mm-hmm. that I played with. Right. There ain't even 30 people in my class at high school. That passed away. right? But in the NFL, gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that I put Junior Seau, uh, just the other day, Frank Wycheck. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind, man. I mean, people that I play with, I'm sitting there like, wait, Steve Henderson's gone. Kevin Green is gone. I was Kevin Green's backup? Mm-hmm. He's gone. And it says there's something to this. And it's usually after they retire mm-hmm. and they go through this mindset of what am I right now? And you may never find it. Right. And I, I, I thank God that I have my wife to help me come back to life. Cause she was like Terry. She said, "You are bigger than this. You, you are more than this. You have to understand that this is pa- you are past this." Now, again, there were times when I, I didn't believe her. Right. But it was one of the things where I got so depressed. I got out of shape, and I remember my wife came up to, behind me, and this is this was a life changing moment, man. She came up behind me and pinched my back fat. Now I was always proud of how I looked. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. She, and I said, well, what, what you doing? What you, you know, it's okay. You know, it's cute. And I said, hey, well, hey, ain't nothing back there. She said, oh, it's back here. <laughs> I said, what? You know what? And, and I remember saying, okay, if I, I could change my life if I just go back to the gym. Like, and this is the thing, man. I hadn't worked out in a year. I was depressed. I was tired. I walked in the gym and I told him, I said, uh, I want to work out here. And I, listen, I ain't never paid to work out nowhere. Right. And they were like, yo, that's $25 a month. I said, $25 a month? I said, but no, I'm going to work out here. And they said, yeah, it's $25 a month. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going, okay, I put my money down. And I went in the gym and I was so depressed. I went in, sat on a machine, read a magazine and went home. I said, but I got to come back. I said, make sure I come back 20 days, 21 days. And I made a promise to myself: just keep coming back. And dude, that turned into thirty-something odd years, man. I'm right here; like I never stopped that whole time. But that was a—it's only it, it, what I have to say is it, these things are are what I call incremental. Mm-hmm. It's it's not one big giant thing. For me, it was always one little message, one little thing. And you know, when I also when I moved out here, I, I was I started trying to get my thing on animation because I was like, I'm an artist, so I can show you my portfolio. And I had my portfolio in at Disney, at DreamWorks, at, at um, Hanna-Barbera, all this stuff. But then at the same time, uh, hand-drawn animation went out the window because Toy Story came out. Right. So all of a sudden, they were giving me my, my portfolio back like, that don't work. And then I got a chance to act. And the rest is history. I did not know that that was my destiny. I had no idea. I actually was watching Cube's car on the set of next Friday. And I was watching, watching with all these guys walking around this movie set as a, as a security guard. Right. And Cube would walk by every day and I'd watch his car. I was like, yes, Mr. Cube. How are you, Mr. Cube? He'd be like, yeah, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> you know, walk by like, yeah. we just watch the car. And, and then all the way to being in the next movie Friday after next. Right which gave me my shot, which really blew me up, which, you know, just being close, being it. A lot of times for me, it was just being, just showing up. Right. And being open to it because here it is. I didn't even know this was my destiny. Right. You know what I mean? I never told anybody that I wanted to act. Right. I was trying to get, like, be a filmmaker and do all this stuff, but it's it's unbelievable, man. And when I see that you know, you, I got a star on the walk of fame and this stuff is still, still, This is I'm the most grateful man in this town, man, 100%. When you tell your kids and one day you're going
3: to be able to tell your grandkids, I don't know how old they are or even like, bro, I was in the league, I played against Barry, played with Jackie Slater, played with Kevin Green, I yep. played with some of the all-time great players. When you look back are you in all uh, because I remember when I first got into the league and I saw all the players that I had watched on television from Jerry Rice to Joe Montana to Lawrence Taylor and all these guys. I'm like, wow, you know, one day, even if I don't have if I don't have a long career, I can say, well, man, I was on the field with this guy. I was on yeah. the field with that guy. Yeah. Do you ever
4: look back and think about the journey that you went on through the NFL uh, all the time, every day? First of all, this is the thing. People always measure success. By oh man, this was the first round pick. He's the big height. He's the guy, and then, and then you, you know what? They measure success from people who are good to great, right? But to me, the true true measure of success has always been how long your journey was, right? Meaning it was horrible to great, right? You know what I mean? I listen when I look at what Flint, Michigan is right now and I look at where I came from and I look at again the friends the people I came with and how they ended up and and how so many people fell to the side I just go man and I'm still here not only am I still here I'm thriving I have to look at the whole journey I got to look at how far I came as opposed to oh man you know yeah I'm good I'm here now and I want this and that but I realized man I am one in a million. Right. And this is where the gratitude comes from. When you, during the season, and because
3: it's tough, you mentioned the teams that you play for, the Rams, you play for the Packers, you play for the Washington, um, to get cut during the season. And you got to tell your wife, baby, you know, I got released today
4: and, you know. what? So what was, what was she saying to you? T, baby, we might need to get this up. Can I tell you a story? This is crazy. Here I am, 1995. I'm on the Washington Redskins. Uh, well, there was a little bit, there was there was a time when, you know, you know, they had the depth chart sitting up there and the whole thing, and it was right before the camp. I mean right after camp, and they said, Congratulations, you made the team. And, you know, it's Monday of the week where you're about to get ready for the first game, and I'm going, Oh my God, this is it, this is it. I I'm I tell my wife, we celebrate, we went through the cut down days and the whole weekend, mm-hmm. it's Monday. We go to practice. I practice all day. My wife, while I'm in practice, she checking my kids in the school because we had to wait until I found out if I made the team. Right. Right? And this was actually, this was uh, not 95, it was 96. And here I am, North Turner's the coach, and I'm like, I'm so happy we made it. I go to practice.
2: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
0: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: I go home. I'm tired. I come home, and they say, hey, man, come back up to Redskins Park and bring your playbook. Uh, Wait, I had signed my kids in the school. I said, "Wait, but I, I went through the whole cut down. Right. Bruh, I said, wait a minute, y'all, y'all joking. Somebody playing with me. Like they said, Monday, we, I'm preparing for the week. Right. Brought my playbook up there. They said, we're gonna let you go, man. On that Tuesday, which is the NFL day off, they right. brought another linebacker from another team. And I was sitting out there the whole time. And I was gone. That level of pain, and my wife is looking and she's like, but I thought we made it, babe. Dude, I get choked up thinking about it right now, man. Man. My kids are like, so I can't go to this school? I'm like, we gonna work something out. <laughs> Dude, I sat the whole year. Didn't get picked up. Tried to find ways to make it work. Nothing. Dude, you talking about a level of like. And then, and then I was stuck in the city where I got cut from. Cause you can't just hop up and leave. I, I, I'm there with my family. I like I'm moving with my parents. Right. And so I'm watching my play. The friends are like, "Hey man, yeah, I'm calling. Hey guys, what y'all doing?" And they're like, "Uh, we got a game." (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah, I can't hang with them no more. So I'm lonely, man. And I'm it's just me and my wife sitting in the town, waiting for what's next, bruh. That level of that's something that is never really talked about. That so many players Mm -hmm. because the sacrifice. Is you've been there for a whole year. Remember, you don't get your money till the game, right? So I spent six months on two hundred dollars a week to work out,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and just knowing, just giving you, you risk everything so you can make it, and so you can at least get that game check, right? And I didn't get that. Was that the was that the was Washington your last stop? It was. I actually Philadelphia Eagles was my last okay. stop because I went the whole season. And got picked up right before Christmas for the playoffs. Okay. For the Eagles. Right. So I got to play with that one last. And they, they, we played the 49ers and got in a wild card game and got sent out. And that was it for me. That was it. I mean, I played that one game, got me a little money, got right. that one game check at the end of the season. Right. And then and a was little it. playoff money. And that was it.
3: Was that the final straw? Was that when you knew man this over for me? I I'm 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 done. But the, wait. The
4: stress on your family. You is one thing. But you through. got wife and kids, T. But wait, I put her through it one more time because I got a tryout with the 49ers. <laughs> and I went, I said, we, but you you know you you chase it. Right. You yes, chase it. Yes. Hey man, it's like a drug. It is. It's, it absolutely it, it really is, man. It, it's one of them things where you like, I, I I'm this close. If I just and man, I went got a trial with the 49ers, and I remember this coach threw the ball at me. And for some reason, he—he he was about me, but to you, man, he went. Woo! I put, sucked my hand up, boom, and my my finger was pointing downwards. And I was like, "Yo!" And I—I I, I knew it was dislocated. I popped it back in. It was swelled up like a sausage. And I fumbled around that tryout, man. That's when I knew it was over. Like when I'm running around there and I'm going, "What am I doing? What am I doing? This is it. I, I don't have it no more." Like. I, can, I don't know if I can summon the strength to go through this again, you know? And that was it. And then my wife, because we gotta, this is now, I gotta go back to all the way back to college when I'm dating my wife. I told her we were sitting at a, a Wendy's parking lot. We were sitting in the Wendy's. They had little places in the front where we sit there. And I said, look, first of all, I'm playing the NFL. Then we're gonna move to Hollywood. We're gonna make movies. <laughs> I made that promise. You see, because I always talk. Right. And that That's what got on everybody's nerves. Right. <laughs> okay. They was like, he talking again. Yeah. But I told her, I said, that's what we're going to do. We're going to play in the NFL. Then we're going to move to Hollywood and make movies. She was like, okay, okay. When I came home from that audition, from that from, uh, that, from that, tryout, she looked at me and she said, remember when you said we're going to move to Hollywood and make movies? You ready? Wow. Yes. You see that right there? When I talk about somebody who's down with you, she said, remember when you said that? Let's go, man. And I said, you serious? You serious? She said, let's go. Right. We was in a little town home that we had rented from another player, with no furniture in it, just trying to see what's next. We loaded everything in our truck. I had an old Nissan Pathfinder at the time. We loaded everything, put our two girls in the back. And drove straight out to California. And didn't know anybody.
3: Whew. Wow. That's bad. I'm telling you, that's power. What was it that she knew you so well? She had been with you for so long. She saw you come home. Not to, ma- not to make it, baby. I don't think I made it. And to know it's over. Yep. It's time to transition into that second part. You know how you said, I'm going to go yep. play in the NFL and then we go going to go make movies. Yeah. Well, that first part is over. Yeah. Let's close the door.
4: Let's open this door. She was so gentle with it. Like, you know, cause again, with me, you know, going, like I said, but we lived out of suitcases, man, mm-hmm. right? been packing and moving and then, and and she like, honey, I don't, are you doing everything you're supposed to do? Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm so, doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. You know, but did she, she ever tell you? Terry, I don't think, I, Terry, I don't think you putting your heart into it. I don't think you putting everything. She, she was gentle with it. She's like, well, should you be? Shouldn't you be doing? Should, I noticed you not, you not doing this kind of thing. She would always kind of be real right. with me, and right. I was like, no, I'm doing enough. But I, but again, as male arrogance and, right. and the whole thing, and I'm the man in the family. Right. I know what I know what I'm doing. She knew. She was watching, and but finally, finally, she saw how broke I was after that forty nine er. Uh, tryout. She was like, hey, I'm You dream. You was, you was mentally defeated. Honey. I was done, dude. Like, when I say done, I think she just saw it in my face. Like, everything in it was like, you know, and this is the, this is the thing where most players hit. You know, no matter yeah. how high it got. Right. When it's time to go very few get some kind of parade. You yeah. know what I mean? You get kind of kicked out. You kind of yeah. like, all of a sudden, you just disappear. The getting in is easy. It's the getting out that's hard. It's hard, man. It's Especially hard. when you don't leave on your terms. Oh, and how many ever get to do that? No. Tom Brady <laughs> might. But Barry Sanders did. Yeah. That's what everybody looked at. I'm like, what? This man just decided it on his own? Right. But usually it's injury. Usually it's cut. Usually, they want one more shot, and they're not getting it. Right. Man, that's some pain, man. So, if if the NFL asks you,
3: say, well, Terry, I mean, you played in the league. What's some of the advice? And we got guys, and we need you to talk to some of these rookies that's coming in about transitioning from the game once it's over. What advice would you give some some of the younger players, knowing that there's going to come a time. And I know you think because you're 21 and 22, you're going to play 50 years. But you're not. What is some of the advice you would give them about transitioning into a sec, a post-career?
4: The biggest thing is humility. Humility. It's really, really hard. And this is what I, one thing sweeping floors humbled me. Mm-hmm. Like there's a breaking it, it, that you have to go through. Um, cause there was a long time I wouldn't do that. Right. And I was like, I'm like "Hey, man, I, you know, I'm too proud for this." And and what what would everybody think if they see me sweeping the floor? Right. And my wife was like, "They don't know you. Nobody knows you. You wasn't that popular." You know. <laughs> but I, but in my head, and, right, I'm this. Right. Everybody knows me as this. And man, 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 let me tell you something, Shannon. Now, I've been I've been doing Hollywood for 20 or something odd years, and what blew me away. It's perspective. And this is why I want to tell any young person coming up. Perspective. First of all, I've been to Korea. Korea don't care. None about the NFL. They don't know anything about it. Right. I was looking for scores. Couldn't find them. I went to South Africa looking for the NFL scores. They're like, what are you talking about? It's rugby over here, bro. I said, okay. I've been to Hong Kong. don't care about no NFL. Then I'll go to Europe. And I'm going, okay, well, how about it? Uh, what 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 do y'all think about it here? They're like, mm, it's okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Then I realized, wait a minute. In my head, it's this gigantic beast. And it is in America. Right. But I said, the rest of the world, when I went to South America, they don't care. I went to Brazil. They don't care about the NFL. And I said, dude, you got to understand, it's a big, big world. And there's so much out there that's for you, and you have to find it. You have to find it, and this is what I would tell every every young man: is that there's something bigger than the league for you. Right. You have to find it, though. But but that's a hard belief. whenever it's like when everything and you spent your whole life twenty four seven being this thing, and you have to flip it, and all of a sudden it means nothing anymore. That's where the humility comes in. Yeah, because
3: I think so many people find the NFL is is who they are. Yeah. And because it's who they are and not what they did. Yes. It's hard to separate because you
4: think, no, you're not. No, this you're is why, not. again, man, uh, this is why I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of Mike Strayan. I'm proud of players that have come out and have literally realized, wait a minute, I'm bigger than this. Wait, man, you bigger than the game. That's what I got. I have to tell this to every NFL player. You are bigger than the game. The game needs you, not the other way around. But you have this belief because your mind gets played with a lot. Right. It's very, I mean, the manipulation is real. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things that, that makes you get an NFL. People been, most of these players been manipulated since college. You know what I'm saying? So you, you trained in that. Right. And so when you woke, wake up and realize, wait, It's a whole nother world out here, but a lot of cats don't believe it. Right. And this is where I've seen cats commit suicide by overeating or suicide by putting a gun on themselves or suicide by by drinking suicide by whatever. I mean, they have the hardest times because they think the whole world is thinking of them as this. And if you just switch it and turn it around, it's a new future. I
3: think it was a lot easier than what you gave yourself credit for because football wasn't what it is you liked it. You didn't love it. Right. When you get other people that they love it yeah. and everything that they are, their entire fiber yep. is NFL football or being an NFL player. Yep. And when that doesn't work out, they don't see the world. That's their world. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And everything that comes along with it. You're right. I mean, That's that is the problem. (laughs) The the biggest advantage I had was not being a superstar. That was my advantage. Right. I don't know if I'd be here if I had been a superstar. Right. If I had seen the level that Junior Seau had seen. Right. I don't know, man. I really don't. I could honestly say that that would have been such a hard fall that I don't know if I would have been able to survive it.
3: Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get no sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHANNON. New customers can get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHANNON. The crown is yours.
5: Bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
3: You mentioned that you told your wife, like, you didn't want to do some of these jobs because what if somebody sees me? And I hear that a lot. (laughs) And you hear people like, man, I ain't working no McDonald's, such and such. They might see me. I'm only sweeping there. It feels like it's beneath them. Yep. When sometimes, you know, hey. They need all walks to do something before you got to another level, which you said, okay, I got to sweep this floor, but I'm not going to sweep this floor forever. It's just a means to an end. Right. Get me in the door and I'm going to do something else. So you're on the set of Friday as a security guard. That's right. You had mentioned that you had never, ever really told anybody that you wanted to do acting. You wanted to be behind the camera, not in front of the camera. And so when did your big break come?
4: When did you get an opportunity you know, it was amazing. I went, I, I have friends in the business because uh, doing security, I knew a lot of location managers right. and the location managers were hire the security. And this location manager became a friend of mine. He said, Hey man, Denzel's shooting down here in the jungle. It's a movie called training day. You want to come down and take a look? I was like, I get to watch Denzel do his thing. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm coming. I'm I'm walking. I said, when is it? He said, man, come on. They're shooting all night. So he said, you got to come late, like 10 o'clock. About 11 o'clock, they'll start the filming and the whole thing. And so I'm down there in the jungle, man, and I'm sitting there going, and I'm watching this Denzel, the car, the whole that cul-de-sac, the whole deal. And I'm going, ooh, this is hot. And I'm watching Denzel get ready. He got the chains on. He got the, yeah. the, the do rag, the whole thing. Is that the King Kong scene? This is the King Kong scene, <laughs> Bruh, Now let me tell you this, and this is, got to understand how magical this was, man. Antoine Fuqua, the director, I, it- saw me standing there. And again, I, by this time, remember I went back, I we, went back we, to the we, gym. Yeah, right. Because I had been going back to the gym about a year or so, I was kind of still in shape. Right. He said, hey man, you wanna be in the scene? I said, Pow. I said, yeah. He said, hey man, just take your shirt off. You got see your tank top. Said, I'll put you in the scene. Bruh, I'm like never acted. You talking about no acting. Right. I stand there. I'm looking. I'm like, okay, okay, and I just got that NFL man. At my, like, like you know, you you about to come in? And you go. You facing off against somebody, right. and they, and i and I said, just don't say nothing, and just mad dog it. I said, oh, don't tell me. That. And that was it. And so Denzel's doing all this, da, 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 and you see, I'm just standing there the whole time, like this nigga. Yeah, you know, and dude, it changed my life. When you say like. That went to the Oscars, bro. Like, it right. was me and Denzel when they showed that scene on the right. Oscars. My right. mother was like, you went the Oscars? <laughs> I said, well, I didn't, I'm i not at the Oscars, but I'm in this scene. Right. And I was like, I was hooked. Like, when I say hooked, because all I had to do was just, because remember, man, I'm on the NFL field and my mind is already going all right. Like, I was like, this is what I always want to do. I said, man, now I'm in my element. Don't mess this up, right, bro? Watching this. uh, Then I got a chance to look at his script and his script was on the car and he had written the wages of sin is death on the top of his script. I was like, he's done. And I watched how he prepared. And I was like, that's that's that level I have to get to. That's what I and and all of a sudden there it was the acting thing. And what happened was Cube remembered me. He's like, yo, man, you the security guard because everybody loved training day when training day came out. He said, man, we're doing another Friday. I got a call from the location manager. They said, hey, man, Q, people want to see you. I went in. It was me, Cat Williams, sitting next to each other in a little bitty room. And he was like, man, come on in. We got this because Tiny Lister didn't want to do. My good friend. Yeah. God bless his yep, soul. Yep. Tiny Lister didn't want to do the third one. And they right. said, we got a new character, a guy right. named Damon. And the whole right. thing. I was like, and see, you got to understand, too, I had nothing to lose. Right. Like, when I seen Nothing to Lose, I came in there like, Craig and Day Day. Just the niggas I want to see. you know. <laughs> bro, I had nothing. To I went back to Flint on them. I was yeah. like, oh, this is where I came. These are the cats I knew. Right. And I came in there, man, and off said, Cube. Everybody's like, ah! They're like, ah! Oh! And then Cat came in. And just the audition. And they said, you in? You in? And Friday after next. I t- listen, I saw Cube. Probably about a month ago, and I walked up to him, man. I said, "Dude, thank you, thank you." I said, "You have no idea how many careers you started just by giving us that shot." Right. A lot of people never ever really give props what props is do. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're like, "Well, I didn't get that much money and and, and but dude, that was my start. No. Well, I, listen, I was yeah, just one opportunity. Cubicle. Man, I was just thankful. I was walking around and listen, and what was so crazy is me and Cat. Cat was homeless at the time. Wow. So Cat was living in his trailer. And me and Cat said, hey, man. And I remember talking to Cat. I said, Cat, I said, we never get another opportunity. We got to make sure they remember us. I said, because we did two new cats in this whole thing. They know everybody else. Right. I said, but it's me and you. And remember, man, I was not going to let what happened in my football career happen to my entertainment career. Man, I'm listening to you tell the story, T.
3: And the way you telling the story, football never gave you the high that what you got by just doing that. Exactly.
4: I knew I was in my destiny. When I say, and this is what I'm saying. I found my destiny. I was gone. People, when people see that scene in Friday after the next, look, you turn the sound down, it ain't a comedy. Right. We was crying. Right. We were deep. There was so, in it. he was crying, I was crying. People were sitting by the, the monitors like, what are we looking at right now? Cause I was so gone in, and I said, "This is where." And then it was so wild because I didn't even want money anymore. I said, "I want that feeling again." Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know what I mean? I, right. it's, it's too. Because it's you could talk about athletes and money and all that stuff, but there's a point when I'm sure, when you just catching and doing everything right, you wanna you wanna chase that again. They call it the zone. They call it what? what it's just flow. Whatever that is, and let me tell you, you know when I hit that blow again? When I was doing White Chicks, that movie White Chicks, everything I said just blow. Friday up next, White Chicks came off of It came after that. Right. Because, again, you're talking about...
2: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
0: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: About the 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 whole the black Hollywood is very small, mm-hmm. and they saw and one sprite after next hit, people were like this dude, and so what was so great is Keenan Ivory Williams was like, hey man, we got to get this dude a shot, right? You know what I mean? Because right. they like, man, we want some of that on us, and right. it and it kept on all my business, Shannon. In this town has been repeat business. I mean, the, the reason I was with all these Sandler movies, Mm -hmm. uh, Adam Sandler called me. But the thing is, when I did Longest Yard, which was my revenge on the NFL. Right. (laughs) Me and Michael Irvin, the whole movie, I was like, this is the one everybody gonna remember. Like, good God. Like, who gets that? Right. You know what I mean? And then, and I remember Chris Rock was like, Hey, man, He's on the movie, Longest Yard. He said, dude, you're killing. I got something for you. I said, what is it? He said, don't worry about it. I got something for you. I go home. The script for Everybody Hates Chris is literally on my doorstep. I open that up. He's like, I want you to play my dad. Because he saw me and my wife and my two kids out there in Santa Fe, New Mexico. When we was filming Longest Yard, he was watching And that's the thing. Another people, you got to remember, everybody is watching. Everybody is watching. And so then I played Chris's dad, and everybody hated Chris for four years straight. This man, when I look at my life, man, I just think I just thank God for every every opportunity. And now this is another thing because I'm now reached the point because I play with all these guys, and they're gone. Now I'm losing actors. Man, Andre Bauer passed away mm-hmm. last week. And he took me under his wing, man. You talk about one of the best actors right. of our generation. Right. I mean, Juilliard trained, absolutely incredible, Emmy Award winning, dramatic yeah. beast. Right. Brooklyn 99, right? Brooklyn 99, who was able to come and flip it to a comedy. Like that. And I was like, man, what is the secret? And he never, this is nothing. He was, he was like a super all pro who could have looked down on all of us, but decided he was just going to pull us all up with him. 61 years old. He was like my big brother. Right. I look at guys that are dying. Well, I look at Michael Clark Dunkins gone, mm-hmm. Tiny Lister gone, uh, Lance Reddick gone. And I'm like, Chadwick Boseman, gone. We did a movie draft day together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going, man, you don't have forever. You don't. You got to go for it. You got to get what you got, what you are come to get now. And you can't waste time. You can't treat it like, well, uh, I'll whatever cause, tomorrow. Cause I'm, problem. I seen it in the, in the NFL. And everybody thought, and this is the thing, everybody had determined certain people that had already won. Like, I won life, he won. You know, people say, hey, won the internet, whatever. It ain't never over. it. It's never how you start. It's how you finish. Right. And let me tell you, when I'm done, I'm, and I'll be honest with you, man, I'm just getting started. I truly, truly feel I have the same energy that I had when I first started. I'm really thankful to be sitting here with you right now. And I, But I, I admire you for it, but just your Transition, you know what I mean, and the energy right. that you bring, do your, your passion is palpable, and I'm the same way. I'm 100 passion. Right. That's all I am. Right. You know what I mean. I don't know no other way. I have no other way. I, I do everything like I'm getting a million dollars.
3: When when you sat down for the inter for the, you sat down for the audition to read with Cat, did you know Cat prior to that? Nope,
4: not at all. And you guys became pretty cool. We that. became amazing friends. And what's so crazy? I used to watch him. Because I was, because we, you know, remember a movie, when you shoot a movie, then you got to wait a year and a half for it to come out. Correct. So you just wait, like people, you're like, man, well, I got this thing coming. They're like, yeah, right, whatever. Right. <laughs> and, and you know what's so funny? After Friday, after the next, I had to go back doing security. I had to go back. Right. Because I didn't have nothing else to turn to. Right. But I knew it was coming. Right. And well, it what was so crazy. I was do commercials and different things, but I would go watch Cat Williams at the Hollywood Park Casino. He had his own room. Mm-hmm. And this man was the funniest man I ever seen, which was crazy. And then I'll never forget when he starts selling out the Universal Amphitheater and watching them blow up. It's, this is another thing too, to watch people all, it's funny because I've seen kids that's been on set and now they're superstars. Now. You know, like Tyler James Williams is now a superstar. Right. You know, I've watched people. This is the, you never, never know what's going to happen. You know, you look at things and you go, oh my God, this, this man was, listen, one great example. We were at the BET Awards and I saw this little kid walking around with a little hat on and I was like, hey, hey, I got his mixtape. I said, Kendrick, Kendrick. He's like, you know who I am? It's Kendrick Lamar, bruh." I said, man, your mixtape, dude, Section 80 is, is amazing. I said, you are the next. I said, Rebecca, this is, Kend- this is Kendrick. She was, he was like, you know who I am? I said, dude. I said, I love you. I said, I think you are going to be the future. And, it, and, and what's so crazy is that he called me a few years later, he ended up doing a video with him. Right. Because he said, remember when you told me you knew who I was? Remember this? You told me I was gonna be, I was gonna be doing something great. Look at this, man. Now, look, tell me he's not the best in the the world right now. And I'm so proud. And the thing is, too, man, another thing I had to learn that the NFL taught me that I had to unlearn competing. I decided to never compete with people. This was my problem. Because they call it the sin of comparison. Right. When I'm looking at what you got and comparing (laughs) what I got, It's always gonna be a problem. Yeah, always. Right. Because you always gonna come up short. Yes. Somebody always got more. Right. And then somebody always got less, but you always want more. Right. And I realized, man, that creativity was the exact opposite of competition. Right. If I'm being creative, I'm not competing. So I decided, you know what? Because everybody was like, "Hey, man, you gotta, you know, you you gotta be like tiny. You gotta be this. You got." I was like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm gonna be me." I'm going to be me. And I was like, yeah, but you kind of weird. <laughs> I said, yeah, I am. That's what made me unique. I am. All right. You yeah, listen. First of all, you can't even, it got to the point where we read scripts now That We want a Terry Crews type because they know that's, that's just me. Right. And I decided by just being creative, that was my ticket out of that world of competition because this is the thing, man. The league is always—it's got always, It's like, hey man, you versus so and so. Right. You, you wait. First of all, you got to fight the people in your own locker room first. Right. Yeah. Before you even go up against right. another team, yeah. you know what I mean? And then you always being judged like, well, you missed a step, and uh, 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 uh did you miss that? But he didn't. Right. The coaches would never—they would always tell you what you messed up on. Right. And then I, being black, we would go into the locker room, and if you hurt, they, they act like, mm, you act like you don't want to play. I said, hey, man, first of all, <laughs> the white kids getting hurt. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he's hurt. Right. But I've never, ever treated, they never, ever treated any black guy I knew in the locker room like he was really hurt. Wow. Like he was trying to cut out on the game.
3: So, in other words, you said, I got to unlearn because you know it's a it's a, it's a a jungle mentality because someone is literally trying to take food off your table. Someone is trying to take a roof from over your kid and your family head to make sure they have one. But once you got into the entertainment space, you're like, I'm not competing against him. Yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, what what I'm, can I do? I'm in my lane. First of all, I, I didn't go to school to act. Right. I didn't go to Juilliard. Right. You're talking to a dude who ain't supposed to be here. Right. Everything I'm getting, ain't, ain't I ain't supposed to have. Right. So I'm already behind. Right. You know what I mean? But then I realized, wait a minute, if I just bring what I bring, I'm ahead. You know what I mean? If I can, if I bring what only I bring to a project, because you can't do what I do. Right. You know what I mean? And this is one thing that the magic, and this is what I want to tell every young man is trying to transition out. That's the way it works for everything. That that you have something that no one else has, but it's up to you to find it. Right. You got to find it. And don't, you don't find it by comparing yourself with everybody else, or whatever. You find it by finding out what you want to do. And this is when I had to make the hard realization that man, maybe football was never—it wasn't. It just—it wasn't for me. But it got me to where I am, that, right. and I'm very thankful for it. But, but let me tell you, I love the game. In fact, I don't even have a team. I just love the players. Right. It's, uh, sitting here with players, talking about. You know, what we came through, it feels like a fraternity, man. Right. It feels like something we can, we we can therapize each other. Right. You know what I mean? Because we all know it. We all seen it. Right. And we all played those games together. I mean, I was there when they was like, ain't no CTE. Sit down. You just weak. Right. I was like, man, my head hurt. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm seeing double. Right. And they're like, man, look, you just weak. I was there when they was telling everybody it wasn't, it wasn't real. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, this is real, man. This is real. T, obviously,
3: when you're first starting out, you don't make a lot of money. How do you get paid because everybody thinks that you're in the movie you make a million dollar or you make five billion dollars and it's and in the
4: roles I mean, you're first starting out it ain't no big payday not at all not at all you you get here's your five hundred dollars. Thank you very much. <laughs> you right. but that's the thing i I never did it for the money. Remember I told you when we was doing that Friday the next right. I was chasing that feeling of doing something, of going so deep and doing something so well. It was like when I was sweeping those floors. You know what I mean? You, you once you start that, you chase it, and you realize there's you, I could be excellent at this. And I chase excellence, and what I found is that the money will come. Right. That's what's so crazy. But what problem is is when you chase money right if all of a sudden because this is the thing and this is what what blew me away i started to take job off my passion and what i saw would further what i was trying to do and i wouldn't take jobs by the money and a lot i turned down a lot of money making jobs that was terrible but there was a lot of things that paid a little bit amount of money but man took me to a whole nother level and by doing that by not chasing the money man it's like it it comes man the passion will pay for itself now white chick (laughs) that's look
3: damien was in next friday the friday after next was was unbelievable but it was that movie where terry cruz all of a sudden becomes a household name
4: true keenan ivory wayans marlon wayans sean wayans i owe them a debt forever um That was one of the best experiences I ever had in my life. When I say from beginning to end, hanging with them dudes, the freedom that that family had, it was like being in the Jacksons, bro. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, cause you don't, listen, I watched in Living Color when I was, I remember in college, all the way up in In Living Color and holding (laughs) Keenan Ivory Wayne is a legend. Yep. And I'm there, he's, he's like, hey, Terry, hey, man, do whatever you want, man. You killing this, do this. I was like, what? I could do whatever I want, like everything. I said, okay. so I could just, and man, when you hit that level of freedom and the, and the way is, but this is the thing about comedy is that it opens up. Like there was the phrase they used to, the phrase they say a lot of times is that, you know, there's the answer is never no. The answer is yes in comedy. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you've got a question, the answer is yes. I mean, you go, you just keep, Taking it, taking it, taking it. And that's what we did. And bruh, I had no idea. By the time we got done, and I remember that premiere, and the producer looked at me, he said, hey, man, your life will never, ever be the same. You got to understand. I spent, I was, in like I said, I learned my lessons from football. I remember being in that room, singing that song, probably 10,000 times by myself, by myself. So that when I got on the set, that was one take. I was so ready. I had the head moves in. I had everything. And and people was like, "We never seen that." Cause you gotta understand too, and the, the rules in comedy at the time were muscles never funny. Right. That's not funny. You gotta be brood. You gotta be, uh, you know. And everybody was trying to tell me to be take karate lessons, cause you had to be. You want to be an action star? I was like, no, no. I want to be funny. I want. I think I can make people laugh. And they were like, but muscle's not funny. You're too big. You got to get fat. You got to get chubby. I was like, no, nope. I'm going to do everything I'm doing. And, and I remember resisting what everybody was saying. And people were looking at me like, I've never seen a funny big dude before. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it changed the game.
3: Did you know when you're shooting that movie and when you rap, did you realize that? we got a classic, we got a hit, we have something
4: that's going to stand the test of time? No, it's fart jokes. No. I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, if the kids laugh, I'm like, hey, great. Right. No, no. But now, people are coming back like, that's classic. Man, listen, my daughter, okay, she was a baby. My daughter is now 20 years old in college. She goes to college in San Diego. They sat Over this summer, sitting there watching white chicks. She didn't say anything. She's like, that's my dad. Like, she was a baby when it was when it was came out. She's in college, like, and all her friends are sitting on the rooftop watching white chicks, the whole school cracking up. I'm like, we didn't know. Right. We didn't know. But that's the power of going all out. Because it outlasts you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The legacy outlasts you. Go all out. You do not get another shot. You see what I mean? Like, really, really enjoy. Don't, uh, because this is the thing, too, man. I used to be a complainer, man. I used to be one of them cats. Oh, well, if it ain't perfect, and uh, and, man, that's the thing. When I start to realize, man, what opportunities we have, we got to take it. Right. And, um, I'm just so thankful right now. I'm just like, and you know, just to go on to have this kind of career. Now I got to even flip it to AGT because I told my agent and manager, I said, look, use me as a guinea pig. I said, where, I said, where you would typically see me, don't give me those roles. Give me the roles that you would say, there's no way they were going to hire him. And I said, that's what I want. And they were like, Terry, that's a hard road. I said, Yep, I'm gonna take the hard road. And I'll never forget, uh, there was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which was a daytime version Mm -hmm. of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And and Cedric, the entertainer, didn't wanna come back. He was was, like, moving on. And they said, Terry, they're talking, this is open. I said, Give it to me. I said, Let me go in, let me audition, let me take it. Because I knew if I learned how to host, right. if I learned how to get in front of that camera and show my personality and talk to people or interview people, that could be a change. That, that, that's a whole nother revenue stream. That's a, that's a whole nother level of, of passion, right? So, it, but it was horrible. Listen, who wants to be a millionaire? The daytime version? Nobody watching. It, okay. I did 360 episodes of that while I was doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine and people were like, why are you doing this? I would go back on set. They were like, dude, it's no one watching this. It's crazy. Then I did a, another show called World's Funniest Fails. And it was like terrible. And nobody was watching it. And I was like, oh, it was on Fox. And it was one of them silly shows. And then I hosted TV Land Awards. I was like, but I want to be a host. Dude, all of a sudden, they got the spinoff for AGT and I get my shot. I said, and now... It's the biggest talent show in the world, bruh. And I've been doing it strong, going on six years, all the iterations. We got a brand new fantasy league coming out. We got the regular AGT's number one show of the summer. And wait, and you got to understand, I ain't a host. I'm not that guy. I came in this thing, but I, I said, God, give me the strength to learn new skills. And let me stay open. And I, and I will stay humble and I will learn this thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it was a lot, man. But I look at, I take, thank God right now because now it, I can go two or three ways. Right. I'm looking at you, a white chick, and some
3: of the lines. Did you, did you just come up with these lines or were they written? It's like, once you go black, <laughs> you're going to need a wheelchair. That was written. <laughs> so, so how that much was... leeway did they give you? Oh,
4: no, it was a lot. It was, a, I mean, this is the thing. Like the dancing, they probably let you do your Oh, own thing. yeah, that was all me. That was all the dancing. Uh, but you got to understand a lot of this stuff was, it was, um, like the stuff between me and Marlon. It was like, whoo, a little late. You sure can't put it away. I mean, that's, that's me. Right. It's stuff we, 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 but they let you do it, right? And then the editor comes in. Don't worry about the rest later. But dude, we were coming up with stuff off the head. They were coming up with stuff. They had no idea, and we had no idea. Mm-hmm. But we just knew. We said, man, we had such a blast doing that movie. Same thing with Longest Yard. Right. We was, You had the wrestlers. You had the comedians. You had the football players. I mean, you had all that together, and and you had a classic movie. You know, where I grew up watching the, the Burt Reynolds version, the first yes. one. And you're like, man, this is one reason why I even tried playing football in the first place. You're like, and dude, that's what, to me, all I can say is that I've been given more opportunities. I, I must rephrase that. I seized more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Because this is the thing. Given, you, people give you charity. Opportunities aren't really given. Right. You seize them. Right. You, you you grab it. It's like hunting. It's like sitting in the forest, they there, sitting there, watching, and all of a sudden you see something that you want, and you see it. But it. And if you go up to it, it'll run away. But you got to grab it. And I remember just grabbing every little scene, every little thing. I'll never forget getting the opportunity on Expendables. Here I am, man. Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, me. And wait, I wasn't the first pick. It was supposed to be Wesley Snipes, but Wesley had got down on all that tax stuff and then they went to Forrest Whitaker and he couldn't do it. And then they said, oh, well, we got this guy, Terry Crews. I was like, I'm here. Yo,
3: I take it. I'll
4: take it. <laughs> hey, man, I didn't look at that as down. Most of my stuff has been like, man, somebody dropped out. Da-na-na-na-na. I'm taking it, seizing it. And dude. Here I am in the Expendables movie and they gave, Sly gave me that tunnel scene. I'm blowing people away. Boom, 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 coming through that tunnel and people flipping them up. They in the theater jumping up. And I'm going, who gets this? Who gets this? Like to make people laugh, to make people jump, to make people. I, I've been given more <coughs> moments than probably, probably any other actor that I know I work with. It's cast been on TV 20 years. Don't get those kind of moments. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's where I'm like, Man, and, and this is where, again, though, had I not been through all that stuff in the NFL, I wouldn't have learned what it took. You understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't. I probably would have got complacent. Probably would have been like, yeah, it's automatic. and yeah, yeah that's I've seen people get there like, yeah, you know, I should have had that yesterday. But I never feel that way, man. I'm I'll always, especially now that we're losing people, especially now.
3: This concludes the first half of my conversation. Part two is also posted, and you can access it to whichever podcast platform you just listened to part one on. Just simply go back to Club Shea Shea profile, and I'll see you there.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host